even though my passion, like a real passion is exercise and lifting and CrossFit and running and yoga and mountain biking and snowboarding. Like I love that aspect. That's not a part of Code Red. And so that's the other part. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today we have Christy Code Red on the podcast. Okay, Christy has built this brand, Code Red, from the ground up, and what she's creating is is a movement behind people living more healthy lives, okay? And she's been able to build this very, very dedicated audience, this, this tribe of people that are extremely passionate about her and what she teaches and everything that Code Red stands for. She's a, a huge like celebrity in, in the area that she's from, and I, I was just really fascinated. I saw her speak at the, uh, at the ClickFunnels event a few months ago in Nashville, and I was really fascinated by her story and how she was able to really create this brand and and create a very, very loyal tribe, and that's something that a lot of you guys have reached out to me and, and asked about, like how do you build a very, very loyal audience of people that really support you and that really get behind the mission that you were on and the message that you're trying to spread. So I wanted to have Christy on the show to share with you guys how she was able to, to really create a loyal audience audience of people that are that are really really passionate about everything that she teaches and turn that into a huge scalable business that is now doing uh, close to eight figures in revenue so I want to share with you guys this this progress and this pr progression that Christy has gone through and how she was able to to change her mindset and change her business to create a, a very like I said loyal following so without further ado sit back relax whether you are commuting to work or wherever you are today I want you to plug in and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money. Christy, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing so well. It's raining in Boise. I don't know where you are, but we're on mountain time. So it's raining this morning and, uh, but still beautiful. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I'm over here in Madison, Wisconsin. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's like 60 degrees out. I'm just, I'm, I'm loving life. But um, Christy, so our listeners heard a little bit about you in the intro and um, what you're up to over at Code Red. But could you fill us in, give us like a 60-second intro as to what you're currently doing right now? Right now, uh, well, right now we're, we're bringing hope and healing to millions of people all over the world by just teaching them to get healthy uh, by eating real food, drinking water, and sleeping. Uh, we're developing uh, other programs, getting ready to have another challenge in May. Uh, we're traveling. I just got back from Minneapolis doing an event in Minneapolis. Uh, so lots of lots of really awesome things happening at Code Red, bringing on more certified coaches so we can serve the public more and, and better and, and go bigger. So I'm super excited. It feels like every day is something uh, new and exciting and huge and a breakthrough. I love it. And I'm super stoked to dive into how you got to where you're at. So um, also, I'm from Minneapolis, so um, got to represent the 612. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so let's flash back to like middle school, high school. I'm always fascinated with where my guests were at at that very young age. So were you somebody who was like in the back of the class, like flipping, I don't even know what, like shoes and clothes? Were you like personal training? Your, I know some of my guests were like personal training their their parent their friends' parents when they were younger. But like, what were you? What were you doing at that young age? Did you have any entrepreneurial tendencies? Were you a good student? What did that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. When I, I grew up very poor, I'm the daughter of a minister and he was the sheriff of our town, my dad. And so we, we lived in a real fishbowl uh, life, but we just did not have any money. So at a very young age, very young, at 10 years old, I had to learn how to make my own money. All three of us girls did. We were very raised very tough on a farm and we were milking cows at four in the morning at 30 degrees below zero. So the, us girls, the three of us grew up very tough and had to work at a young age. So at 10 years old, I had bought my first horse that I wanted making $50 monthly payments. And so that was at 10 for $500. So I ended up making 10 payments. So I think I had the tendencies early on but what really got me to where I am, I remember an exact moment, and that was my parents let us girls take, and we're just uh, 15, uh, 16, 14, and 11, take the family station wagon on a 24-hour road trip from northern Idaho all the way down to the Bay Area of California to see our relatives. And I remember, they, I mean, we didn't have any cell phones back then, but because mom and dad let us do that, that was the single biggest turning point in my life that turned me into what I am today and gave me, I had no fear. And I, I learned to just roll with it. I learned to, to find solutions to things. I learned to not be afraid. I learned to not shy away. That was the moment. And from then on, I've always been 
I don't have any fear of screwing up. I don't have a fear of some, some, you know, change or something holding me back. So it started pretty young. My parents kind of just instilled in, us, instilled in us, like, you can do this. You can absolutely do this. And I just got it. And I've never believed otherwise. I've just always thought I could. Wow. So, so when you're talking to other, uh, maybe young people in particular, how do you allow them to find that in themselves? Because a lot of people don't have that kind of self-confidence. They don't have that belief in themselves that they can go out there and accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. So how do you go about like transmitting that belief to somebody? Yeah. Great question. I, uh, I do. I love talking to, I love talking to little kids, but I love talking to teenagers. Uh, we have a code red kids program, but mm -hmm. that's really for little kids. And I want to develop like a code red teens because they, it's a different way to talk to them. And I, uh, I'm passionate about this exact question. And so it is so important for me to, to take that. If someone stops me, I get stopped, you know, you got the hair and, and I got, <laughs> you know, I got a, a nice local, you know, I'm, I'm considered a, an influencer and, sure. and people know who I am. And so I'll go to in a grass station. And if I have 30, 45, 60 seconds with a kid, uh, um, I am always about pouring into them. And I do, even though they haven't been maybe raised like I have, or they don't have the confidence that I have or had when I was that age, they do have something inside of them, that, that, that voice in their gut. And I tell them at that second, at that exact moment, you've got to listen to that voice down deep in your gut. It is in there. Everybody has that, but they just haven't been trained to stop and say, hold on a minute. I've got a feeling. We call it a feeling. We call it a voice. We call it whatever we want to call it. I, some people call it God. Some people just call it a, a whatever. My, my inner, I don't know, whatever. They want. But sure. you've got to listen to your gut. You've got to listen to it. And nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter what your aunts and uncles think. It doesn't matter what, the, what your friends think. It matters what you think and what you really believe down deep in here. And sometimes, I mean, I'll grab the child by the shoulders and get down, bend down on their level and say, look at me right now. I was nobody. I was poor. I was broke. I was nobody. And look what I did. And, and it's all because I believed in myself. And this is what you've got to do. So I really try to teach them that even if they've never done it before, they have got to listen to that inner voice. Mm. And that can be tough. I mean, I get a lot of people messaging me every single day. I'm talking a lot about podcasting these days and people wanting to start a podcast, but they're afraid what their friends will think. They're afraid what their family will think. They're afraid if people don't like what they're doing. What do you... What are your strategies? I mean, for you, it seems like it's pretty ingrained, like you are doing what you want to do and you are doing what your gut tells you to do. But what are some strategies to get over those objections and like the, the fear that like somebody might say something negative about you online? Because that's, that's a huge fear for a lot of people. I learned this pretty quick. And the bottom line is no matter what, no matter what I do, no matter what I do, I will, you'll always get criticized and it's mm. absolutely gonna happen. And you can, you can live in a hermit crab shell. You can absolutely <laughs> live and no one will ever say anything to anybody. To, you'll just have to just grow old like that. But it doesn't matter. I've had my hair long and blonde. I have had my hair short. I've had it dark. I've had, it doesn't matter what I do with my hair, my makeup, my clothes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, someone's always going to say bull crap. And you put yourself out there, you're going to get criticized. And so you really have to grow that thick skin. And, and, and be authentic, and we throw that term around all the time, be your authentic self. But it, trying to make people happy, I'm mean, telling you, there's just, just absolutely impossible, and they are going to criticize you no matter what you do, just when you think you've got it right. Nobody can say anything about me. Nobody can ever make up a nickname that, that hurts my feelings. Nobody can ever do that. They will find something to make, up, make fun of you about, and they will criticize you. It doesn't matter what. You'll always get criticized. So just stepping back and saying, well, and learning that right off the bat, that's going to help a lot. Mm. That is the truth. Because I mean, if you're doing anything, if you're stirring up anything, like people are going to disagree with you. People are going to want to drag you down because they, a lot of times it's because they are not willing to step outside of their comfort zone and do something. And they see you doing that. And, and their tendency is just to like tear other people down instead of trying to build themselves up. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's exactly what's happening. It's their problem, not yours. If they're the ones that are jealous and they're, you know, and you, and I tell people, you've just got to understand that they are the ones with the problem. You're living your truth and they are not. So they're going to tear you down. We all have those trolls, people that just, they, they spend so much time and energy tearing us down. And I laugh at it. I get the nasty emails, my customer service, we get it too. I get it too. And it just rolls right off of me. I don't like, I don't let one 
ounce of energy. I don't waste it because I just turned 43. I don't, I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying that I, I've got to make every second count. So, and you, and the listeners right now, you absolutely, you might not be 43, maybe you're 63 or maybe you're 23, but the time is going to go by. I don't have time to waste. So the second, any kind of amount of time that I waste on trying to worry about what's, what, princess one two three says on instagram it's just it's wasting time what i should be doing is concentrating on putting good content out into the marketplace and out into the world and making sure that i spread my truth and my voice is heard because i just that that'll make you sick that'll make you sick worrying about what people think you don't need that bullcrap mm. so how do you how do you think about feedback from people like when you are putting out a product or when you are putting out content online, how do you think about feedback in terms of like getting positive stuff, getting negative stuff, and how do you think about or incorporate that at all? Great question. Got great questions here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, I used to, when I would get a negative comment, I would delete it, right? And hmm. I would just like, I don't need, I would say to myself, well, I don't need that negativity on my page, or I don't need that negativity on this video or whatever, and sure. I would just take it off. Well, then I, then I started taking some courses from Grant Cardone. Mm. And I, yeah, and he was saying, hey, wait a minute use that negative feedback for a, I mean, there's some negative feedback that's just nasty, like, you know, like calling me names or, yeah. like that, you know, and that kind of stuff I don't respond to that's not, but if somebody says, Hey, blah, blah, blah. Grant Cardone taught me to say, no, wait a minute. Um, let's let me, let's take this head on. Hmm. And now I take it head on. And now I taught myself or I practice actually, if I have an upset client, especially if they bought my program and they're not, and they're upset or something's not going right. I actually call them on the phone and talk to them. And this is not something I'm good at. And I'm, I have to really, I have to really practice it. And I just put my, my, uh, ear pods in and I just say, Hey, Sally, it's Christy Code Red. And Sally goes, oh my gosh, what are you doing calling me? I said, you know what? I understand that you're upset about it. Can we just talk about it? Just tell me how you're feeling. And usually they just open up. And 10 out of 10 times I've ever done this, they are happy. They walk away. So what is that? 16, 17 minutes of my life. I just salvaged a relationship. I made changes. If, if Sally told me I was misled by the description on your website, I say, oh my, immediately I get, I get the website designer on the floor and I say, hey, can we change this wording so this doesn't happen again? So I have learned so much from the negative and I've been able to salvage relationships with people because all I did was pick up the phone, call them and treat them like a real person, which is not something we do very much in business anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's those things. It's those one-on-one -on -one interactions that nobody's willing to do, but that really have the biggest impact on people. Because like you said, when you call somebody up and they're like, like, it's you, like you're actually on the phone with me right now. Those are, those are the moments that really like define a relationship with, with the people that, that you work with. Well, people say to me, well, you're so busy. I'm not too busy for this. I, I, you, we can all as the CEO, as the, as the captain of the ship, I have got to make time for things like this. And, and I know Code Red someday is gonna get real big. You know, we're on our way to 10 million. We're gonna get so big that I, I won't be able to make these, maybe all these calls. But and I have staff members that can do them for me. But right now, I'd really like to keep boots on the ground. I'd really like to keep my finger on the pulse of the client and let them just tell my, just tell me in their heart, just person to person, tell me what's going on. You know, maybe they, I, maybe they just need someone to talk to. I don't know. but. Every time I've done it, it has worked like a charm. And so I'm so proud of myself for going, I mean, talk about uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable doing this. My heart was pounding, I was sweating. And I was like, I don't wanna make this call. What if they yell at me? And then Grant Cardone said, what if they yell at you? Learn how to stay calm, you can do this. And I was just like, Grant's right, I can totally do this and I'm doing it. Mm, that's huge, that's huge. And I mean, you said this is a big priority for you. So, so how do you decide what your priorities are and how do you determine which things are, are worth doing and which things are, are either not worth doing or not worth you personally doing? Yeah, that's a good question. Some things I do uh, outsource to the, to the, the, you know, my COO or a compliance officer. I do, I do send them down a little bit. I guess I know this is not a real good quantifiable uh, answer, but sure. I actually, when I read an upset email, when I read um, something or I get a message or something like that, I actually just listen to my gut on it. If my gut is telling me, and I'll get a pretty clear, I'll get a pretty clear answer kind of from my gut, as, as hippity dippity as that sounds, if I should be the one that take, takes this on myself 
or if I can go ahead and offload it to the coach, maybe, um, you know, Hey, your, your client is upset certified coach. You go ahead and take care of it. Or, or if it's made its way, if it's gotten so bad that only I can handle it. And sometimes only I can handle it, but my gut usually tells me, uh, you know, outsource it to one of the other staff members or take care of it myself. Okay. Now it seems like you're pretty in tune with like what your body is telling you at any given time. How, how were you able to develop that and really be able to fully listen to yourself and, and, and act on those, on those feelings that you get? How, how did you develop that? Was that something that you've just been naturally good at or have you been intentionally building that up over time? I think it's something I'm naturally good at, but I, I know that um, I, when I was young, uh, my parents, uh, we, they worked and they left us alone a lot. Uh, and we, we were, I was raised on a hundred acre ranch where I rode horses and then surrounding uh, our ranch was hundreds and hundreds of other acres that was just uh, completely desolate and there was, nobody was out there. And there were times where I would be um, out, out on my horse and, my, my, uh, and I'd be young, I'd be 11 years old, 12 years old, and I'd be by myself and maybe my gut would tell me to turn back and go home or to don't go down that road or something like that. And I think some people, uh, you know, maybe say it's spiritual, like, you know, the God is living inside me and, and maybe guiding me or something. And it, I don't know. I don't know. But I've had it for all my life as much as I remember. And I've been in some pretty sticky situations where, you know, I'm a survivor of a domestic violence. And, and there was just... I remember when, the last time that, that he had beat me up, I was laying on the ground, bleeding, face down, bleed, laying in a puddle of my own blood. And of course that gut came up, that gut voice came up inside of me and says, you get up right now and you leave or he will kill you the next time that you do this. And pushing myself, I've done a lot of push-ups in my day, being a professional athlete, and that was the hardest push-up I've ever done. So if I had not pushed myself off the floor and gotten out of that house, I would be dead. I am convinced of it. So I have had to develop that all my life of just that voice telling me. And I just, you keep practicing it, uh, you know, as I've gotten older, the last 25 years that I've been in this business. So I think just a lot of good practice. Absolutely. So you've, you've got a really fascinating story and I want to sort of pick up where we left off, where you had taken that road trip with, with your sisters across, um, not really across the country, but, but pretty far. Um, what, what came next in your story? Because I know you, you became a professional athlete at one point. So um, how, do we, how do we get from, from there to there? Yeah, everybody wants to think that I came, became a professional boxer because of the domestic violence, but really it was just money driven. I was super poor. I mean, again, my parents just didn't help us. And I was I was poor and I was, I was trying to go to college. I desperately wanted to be a nurse and I'm in college at University of Memphis and I'm waiting tables and so barely making ends meet. I just, and I took a boxing class and I was boxing and this, this guy come, the boxing coach comes up to me and says, you want to fight pro? And I said, buddy, I'm not even interested. He said, for money. And I was like, money, I need money so bad. So I started fighting pro just as a way to earn earn money through college. And that's all that it started off being. Well, little did I know that I would climb the world ranking system. I would be a decent boxer. And of course I would, you know, you've got to market yourself well in boxing. You can't just, and it's all about the marketing, how many seats you can fill up in an arena and that I was good at. And so it just kept going up and up and then end up getting my own MTV show and becoming a celebrity trainer in New York city. And so it just went, it just got huge. So started off, it was just money driven. And then of course it kept going all those years later. Hmm. That's very interesting. And I'm always curious about what people's why is. And that's, that's interesting that your, your first why was, was very, very money driven. What's your why right now? Like what is, what is your bigger reasoning and, and, and what pushes you every single day to, to get up and, and to, to move forward? Uh, my why now definitely is the fact that, that our society and myself included, I used to be heavy. I got heavy. And I, and I didn't know, I thought it was because, because I needed to exercise more, but I was exercising three hours a day as it was. And so when I, when, I, when I changed my diet and I lost my weight, I realized that losing weight is 100% nutrition, that exercise has nothing to do with weight loss. And that was such a freeing thought that it felt like the weight of the world just came off my shoulders. And I said, oh, this levels the playing field for everybody across the board. This is people in wheelchairs, people with a, a missing a leg, people with a broken back, everybody can lose weight. And so I was determined to, let, to, to show the world and tell the world that they have hope and they can, they can be healed by just putting certain kind of foods in their mouth and, and not eating other foods and drinking water and sleeping. And so I'm so... I, it, I have watched countless times the look on someone's face 
or the change that takes place when they realize that this is possible for them. The first time in their life, they actually have hope. So I am driven by that hope. I am driven by that, that message that I was one of the first people on national television to say to the interviewer, exercise has nothing to do with weight loss. You can lose all the weight you want without having to exercise. And the look on her face and the feedback I got, and I am driven by spreading that message. And it, I, I get up every day, I'm, I'm filled myself with so much hope because I know as soon as people hear this and they start experiencing the healing, oh, I mean, it's, it's a 180 degree turn. And that is what drives me forward every day, one foot in step in front of the other. That's why I get up early. That's why I get dressed every day. That's why I just, I am pounding the pavement every day because people need to hear this message. Mm, that is what's going on. So what got you interested in, in, in the health space? Was it your, your nursing program? Was it being a boxer? Like what, what got you into this field to, to begin with? I started off as a personal trainer and I, for as long as I can remember, I've, I've wanted to be a muscular girl. I, um, I was naturally built being that we were raised on a ranch and bucking hay and milking cows and stuff. I, my sisters and I, my mom, we all have a muscular build. And so I remember seeing um, a, a, a female bodybuilder on TV and I think I was 14 years old. And I just, I said, oh, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I love muscular women. I think they're just gorgeous. And so from that moment on, I've always wanted to be a muscular girl, you know, with weightlifting and stuff. So I got into personal training and I, I've, been, I've been doing that for 15 years uh, before I had realized that the, the, I made the shift over to nutrition only. And so that's what kind of, I've always, I've always been healthy. I've always been, uh, you know, into exercise. I exercise every day, but I made the shift over in nutrition when I, and kind of got out of the exercise, teaching exercise and stuff and training. I don't train clients anymore. I just do it. You know, I just do it as a way to, to keep myself healthy, but I pretty much only do the nutrition because that I can I know I can reach more people as soon as you start talking about exercise as somebody who's who's confined to a wheelchair they're going to turn you off but yeah. if you say hey this is doesn't, doesn't matter that you're in a wheelchair I've got proof that you know you can still lose weight you're going to be okay so that's when I'm trying to reach the widest the most amount of people and scoop them up with the biggest bucket and sticking to just nutrition only even though my passion like a real passion is exercise and lifting and crossfit and running and yoga and mountain biking and snowboarding. Like I love that aspect. That's not a part of code red. And so that's the other part of Christy, but just not code red. That's very interesting. Do you think you'll ever integrate exercise into like some supplemental stuff or? Yeah. So we do have code red 2.0 that we're de developing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be called code red 2.0 life after weight loss. And mm. what I do want, when someone loses the weight, I do want to show them a 12 week program because they want to hear they want me to teach them exercises which is funny to me because i've been out of the game for a while <laughs> and i don't know as much about it as i used to and there are plenty of people out there that that are better trainers than me but people they want to hear they want me to do it so i'm going to be developing some exercises where people can start off just doing them in their living room just gentle and then work their way up into lifting because it is 100 percent hands down without a doubt a very healthy aspect of your life and you can't get away from it. But we do that after we've lost all our weight. Then we start we start strengthening and building and adding in that cardio aspect. Mm, absolutely. So talk to our listeners a little bit about like the core pillars of a, a healthy diet and, and healthy living. I know at the beginning you mentioned um, uh, whole foods potentially. It was something about whole foods, um, sleep and water. Um, but what are what are like the main pillars of having a healthy diet? The number one biggest a component to weight loss and just overall healthy living is sleep. There's no way to get around it. You have to sleep. If you're not sleep, I'd like to tell my people, you ain't sleeping, you ain't losing because your body senses a lack of sleep as a stress and will hang on to body fat as a way to protect your vital organs. Hmm. And so people think, um, well, I'm, I'm eating perfect. I'm exercising every day, but I'm only sleeping, you know, three or four hours a night. You are gonna, I mean, sleep deprivation is the most effective form of torture. So we have to get people sleeping on code red. If they come to us and they're saying, I want to do code red, but I don't, I don't sleep very well. We have to get sleep under control or you will just fall apart piece by piece by piece. You can't maintain a good life and, and we're chronically sleep deprived in the society. So we have to get sleep un under control. The number two is water. People are drinking, like I have people drinking a gallon of water a day 
and this is not the first time any, any of the listeners have heard this. This is not new stuff. I mean, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. This is stuff that you guys have all heard before. But people, and they say, well, I can't drink a gallon of water. Yeah, but you're drinking Diet Coke and Red Bulls and wine and lattes and, and orange juice. You're drinking everything else. You take everything else out of the equation and you actually have to drink your water. Oh, believe me, you'll gag down that water. You'll be fine. <laughs> so water is, uh, we are, again, chronically dehydrated in society. And we're finding so many positive correlations between just good water, just, just flat out water and good health and weight loss. And then the other thing is eating real food. So I take people off the processed crap, the drive-through. I'm trying to get people out of the drive-through back into the kitchen. And that doesn't mean you got to spend hours food prepping, but you, that you need to start eating real food. We all know what that is. And my clients lose 10% of their body weight every month by just following these three simple rules. It sounds like it's too good to be true, but I get just as much weight off people as bariatric surgery. So it is truly the answer and people are being healed. They're getting off medications. So those are the main pillars of Code Red. Mm, I love it. I love it. And yeah, I mean, that, that, that checks out to me. And I mean, like I know personally, just from my own experiences, like if I'm not sleeping, I'm not feeling great. I'm not excelling. I'm not making good choices. And, and, and sleep is, is really so, so determinant of like how my life goes. Like if I'm not sleeping well, I'm not living well. And I think that's just a huge, huge thing. And I'm really, I'm, I'm stoked. Like that's like the main first thing that you guys focus on. And people say like they have this kind of this martyr. I got the mommy martyr attitude. The mommy's yeah. like they have this like, badge of honor because oh. they're only they're only sleeping three hours. Well, I you know well wait a minute. Well, I function just fine. Oh, I don't know about function. I mean, you're barely getting by. You know, and so yeah. I don't I don't like that attitude of uh, like a like we all should be proud because you're able to know. And I'm with you. If I don't, I can have one bad night to sleep, but man, I can't get a second. I am mm. no good. I'm drooling. I'm grumpy. I'm of course, you get you get snacky because your yeah. body looks for sugar as a way to try to up your energy. It's not good for me. My my skin gets ashy. I, my weight goes up. So I'm with you. I don't do well. I'm no sleep. Yeah, and I mean, you said with moms that's a big thing, but also with college students. I mean, like the amount of people bragging about the 30 minutes of sleep they got last night and the eight Red Bulls they've drank in the last like two hours is just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, you can't you can't function like that. People are barely mm -hmm. getting by. And it's got, it's got to stop. And people say, well, I don't, I can't get more sleep. No, you're scrolling through your phone <laughs> and uh, you know, you, you can absolutely turn off your devices and put up some boundaries and go to sleep. I don't, I don't buy that bull crap from people. They mm. do have time to sleep if they just quit doing the other bull crap. Exactly. It's a matter of priorities. It's not a matter of time. All right. So Christy, you have a very, very loyal and like dedicated audience. Like the people that I've talked to about you are like extremely passionate about you and what you're teaching in Code Red. Talk to, talk to us uh, because I know me personally and a lot, of, a lot of our listeners who message me are, are very curious about hey, how they can start to build A, their own personal brand, but be like a dedicated tribe of people that, that are really passionate about what they're talking about and, and, and really get on board with the mission that they're, that they're spreading. So how, how are you able to develop this extremely, extremely passionate audience. Yeah, thank you. I, um, I do. We call them rebels because we rebel against what society has brainwashed us into believing. And so mm. Code Red Rebels are very loyal and they're big Christy followers and, and everything. And if you have your, if you're listening right now and you're an entrepreneur, you're building your own brand, the way I have done this is I have built a relationship with these people by, because this is online, by replying to every single comment. So, and I, it sounds like, well, really, Christy, that's, that's your nugget of information. I'm telling you right now, you have got to actually reply to these guys. So Facebook, they say, you know, you put up a video on Facebook and people are saying, Hey, great video. Thanks. You do not just click like on that comment. You say reply. And then you highlight their name and say, thank you so much, comma, Sally, comma. I sure appreciate you watching. Uh, and then the next guy, uh, Hey, great. I learned a lot from this video. Appreciate you putting it up there. Hey, Bob, comma, thanks for, thanks for the comment. It doesn't matter what you say, but you have to make them know that you heard them and that you appreciate them. And I have done this for years. I mean, it's, it's so funny because, you know, now Code Red's gotten big, but I put in years, years of grinding to get to this level. And so now, but it's, and you, you might say, well, my I get so many comments, I, I can't do all this. Well, then you better hire an assistant to log in as you and do that because you can get some help. I have an assistant that helps me, but I answer, I get about, oh, 
but 150 DMs per day on Instagram, I answer every single one of them myself. And I answer them within 24 hours. And so oh. it is, it, I, I try to do some I might miss, but I make sure I stay on top of it in groups of 10. I mean, I multitask. So you can absolutely do this, but you've got to build a relationship with these people. You have to make them know that their voice is heard, that you recognize, that you appreciate their follow. And they will, of course, people buy things from people they know, like, and trust. Once you build that trust and once they get to know you, they will start buying your product. Mm, that's huge. And ever since I started creating YouTube videos, probably close to about a year and a half ago at this point, I've replied to every single comment I've gotten because it's just, that's, that's one of the highest ROI activities you can do is like engage with your audience, make them feel heard and, and just allow them to form that deeper connection with you. Because if they're just leaving comments, they're not getting any replies. Chances are they're going to stop leaving comments. They're going to find somebody else who will engage with them. And, and then you're not going to be building your audience. Yeah, you're exactly right. And people want to, they want tips from me too. They'll say, yeah. just a little comment. They'll say, hey, Christy, uh, I'm allergic to dairy. What can I have um, instead of milk? Well, don't be, a, don't be a dick and say to somebody, well, then you need, to, you need to buy a custom program if you want. You know, you need to buy one of my products if you know. I just say, hey, hey, Sally, um, a great milk alternative that I use is flax milk. You can get it off Amazon. Put your Amazon affiliate link if you want, you know? I mean, it, it's, but answer their question, all right? You know, and they're gonna come to you when they have another question and they will buy your product. They'll buy your sweatshirts, they'll buy your beanies, they'll buy the stuff that you have out there, your home study course. They will buy it if you just take the time to answer their little puny question. It's not that hard to do. You're not giving away all your knowledge here. You're just, and they feel appreciated. They do. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, that's, that's a struggle for a lot of people. They think they're going to like give away everything for free if they don't say, Hey, if you buy my um, coaching program, then you can find out how I do this. But I, I think it's really important to, to focus on, on providing as much value as you can for people, because that's how you're going to build that no like, and trust factor. That's really going to allow you to go deeper with them. Yep. That's exactly right. Mm. So talk to us about how you structure your day, structure your week, because I'm always curious about how much or how little structure um, different guests have in their life. So do you have a very strict calendar and schedule that you stick to every single day? Do you dedicate certain days to certain tasks? Or what's that looking like for you? Yeah, and I am a very scheduled, strict person. Uh, I'm naturally, um, I probably should have been in the military. I'm very regimented. Uh, I get up at 5.30 every morning, sometimes earlier. I travel also uh, almost every single week. And yeah. so I maintain a strict schedule even when I travel. So I get up at five or 5.30 uh, and I work out. Hands down, first thing I do is work out. I'll either go to CrossFit, I'll either run with the dog. I have an 80 pound dog that has to have exercise every day. We'll run, we'll run in the dark. I have a headlamp, I have glow lights, I have everything I need. Uh, and so, or I'll do like it's raining in Boise today. So I did burpees in the living room, but every morning I start off with uh, exercise. I start to hydrate. I go and get completely ready, uh, hair and makeup done, no sweatpants, no ball caps. I mean, I believe I want to put myself my best foot forward every day. Almost every day I'm on videos and I'm, I make sure that I am, I look my best. I feel my best. Uh, I eat on a certain schedule. I have a certain eating window where I have a certain diet that I stick to with an eating window that's right for me. Um, and then I have a three hour, my first three hour window is going to be emails, catching up on whatever happened the night before. And then it'll be like, you know, midday, I might spend time with my husband, uh, might take the dog out again, come back, do another three hour chunk of, of uh, videos and work, um, then sit down with Miles again and eat dinner or whatever the schedule is. So I have chunks Well, I'll work in a three hour chunk. It'll be wake up, exercise, three hour chunk of work, then eat, then a three hour chunk of work and then errands and then a three hour chunk of work. I mean, I'm not, I am a, a definitely uh, one of those people that I'll, I'll work good 16 hours a day, 14 hours a day. There is no downtime, nor do I want downtime. I do not watch uh, Netflix. I do not. And I'm not trying to say it's like a badge of honor. It's just not a great use of my time to sit down and sometimes I do get saturated. My brain really gets saturated uh, and I'll need to kind of like, uh, like just stop and watch something mindless, like maybe a cooking show. I don't cook, but it's a way that I can kind of step away. That's maybe a half hour and then I'm right back at it. Lots of videos to do, lots of things going on, staff meetings, stuff like that. So I work my best in three hour chunks, but hands down, I always get my water. I always get my sleep. I always get my exercise, especially on the road. That way I don't swell up too bad. That way I'm not grumpy. 
people always say when I'm traveling, they're like, oh, I wish you'd come over. Wish you'd go out with me. Well, first of all, I'm not a night person. Second <laughs> of all, I'm not going to, because all they want to do is pick my brain. So yep. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. So I stick to my regimented schedule of sleep, water, and exercise, hands down, no matter what, no matter where I am, no matter what part of the world I'm in. Mm. So it sounds like you're extremely, extremely disciplined when you are getting work done. Is that something that you have developed over time or how have you been able to maintain that, that strict discipline of, of being able to sit down for three hours, grind out what you need to grind out and, and potentially work for like 16 hours a day? I think that um, I have been like that. I think uh, uh, as long as I can remember, however, it's gotten more so the, the more my popularity grows, the more influence I've, I've, started getting um, because people are very, very closely watching me. And I do put my life out there on Instagram. I am very transparent and real. And I, uh, I often will do live videos from my car and, and things like that. So I'm very transparent and open, but they're always watching. So I want to put my best foot forward and I always want to be on my best behavior. So if somebody catches me, you know, drinking alcohol, I don't drink alcohol, but sitting on the, 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 the couch, you know, just binge watching Game of Thrones and drinking and eating popcorn. That's not really the kind of uh, message I want to send out there. And so I don't feel like doing that. But if I ever did, I would not. Because what if someone happens to just look in and see me? It's just not, I'm not an image I want to portray. So because I'm so carefully watched, it actually helps keep me even more rigid, rigid and on the, the straight and narrow. Huh. Is that one of the reasons why you use Instagram stories so much? Because I always notice you're posting consistently in there and always like uh, reaching out to people and doing live videos as well. Is that one of the reasons why you're doing that so much? Yeah. And, and it does. It, putting, putting myself out there like that, it also, of course, it puts content out there, but it holds me accountable. Yeah. It does. I mean, if I'm, I just can't, I can't uh, say, hey, this is what I'm eating and then turn around, turn the video off and then have a bunch of junk food. I, even though no one's seeing that part, I know it. And it's just so I, I put the content out there partly for content and partly for accountability for myself. Because if nobody was watching, I, you know, I, I would be disciplined, but definitely not as much. And I don't, that's just your honest, real answer because we all, nobody does well with no accountability. That's what I've seen in my weight loss, you know, with, but so I definitely want to, um, and I just, I want people to see all angles of my life uh, right when I first wake up, right when I'm laying in the bed. I had an argument with an argument with Miles yesterday. I was frustrated, um, you know, just different things going on. I want to put it all out there so that people see all aspects and they, they can stay on track and, and they can hopefully my story will resonate with them. Stuff like that. Hmm. I love it. So what, what are some of the best strategies that you could give our listeners if they want to be able to be more accountable for their actions? Maybe they, they set these goals, but they're never reaching them. They're, they're always saying, okay, I'm going to start doing this or over this next month, I'm going to do this. And they, they never do it because they, they don't have somebody to hold themselves accountable with. They're not telling other people about their goals or like, what, what can they start doing to um, keep themselves accountable to the things that they want to accomplish? The first mistake that, that the listeners are making, I'm telling you guys, listen to me right now. I know what you're doing. <laughs> you are putting too many goals in place at once. That's what hmm. you're doing. You're, you're, you're demanding too many things of yourself. Think of New Year's resolutions. Everybody screws up New Year's resolutions because they do. They, they want to they wanna do all these things at once. I want to eat, eat right and exercise and pack my lunch to work and, 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 and. You're trying to, you know, a lot of you guys came back from Funnel Hacking Live and you were like, just out there, like, I'm going to do them to take on the world. <laughs> and, and then you failed at all of them. So I love it when you pick two things, hmm. pick two things that you're going to implement. That's it. If whatever it is, pick two things that you can stick to and don't try to worry about the other ones. Cause once you stick to those for a while, then you'll, you will be able to slowly add in one at a time, but you pick too many things. You're not going to stick to any of them. And then you're going to feel like a failure. And that's going to that totally uh, snowball itself into just all this self loathing and this shame and the crap you don't need. So mm. let's think of two things that you can absolutely do right now or starting tomorrow morning or starting tonight. Maybe you mean, maybe yours is that I want to get in bed 30 minutes earlier and turn off my phone. Or maybe yours is, I just want to, I want to, be able to drink a liter of water every day. I don't know, start small, but it's gotta be something that you can do and it's consistently every day, no matter what, don't put too much pressure on yourself, just pick two things and then it'll build from there. Hmm. So how do you think about like structuring a goal in, of a, in and of itself? So 
for you, would one of your two goals be like something like, like drinking water every day? Would it be something more complex? It's going to take a while to get to, uh, how do you like to think about how big or how small or how focused the, the goals that you set are? It depends on uh, any, or if there are any other goals in place, but sure. if you have no goals in place, you really want to start simple. Mm-hmm. You really want to start. I believe in the health aspect. Of course, that's you know, a lot coming from me, but I don't think that an influencer can put out good content if they are if they're a mess, if they've got uh, dirty dishes and if they aren't getting out of their sweatpants every day and they haven't showered in four days and, and they're 60 pounds overweight. You have got to get your health in order. You will not be able to put out good content and you're not going to, all that's going to suffer. So I like to start with the, with yourself first. I like to pick, I say, let's pick very, very simple stuff that you can do to improve your health first, because once you start feeling better, everything is going to come in line. You're going to be a better spouse. You're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a better business owner. You're going to, everything's going to fall into line. So I start with a real small, small, small goal that has to do with your health first. That's my, of course, I would probably say something like that because that's the industry I'm in, but it really makes sense if you think about it. Hmm. And then is your strategy for like long-term mostly just accumulating a lot of small goals and letting that build on itself or, or setting big goals and like chunking them up? Or what does that look like for you? Well, I definitely am all for long-term. So I think you should pick a goal that you can stick to long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't see any reason why all of us can't drink a gallon of water a day for the rest of our lives. I think that's perfectly healthy. We know it's healthy. We know it's something you do for the rest of your life. So I say do that. I, even I can't maintain a bunch of goals for the rest of my life. So even I don't even have that. So I don't, I don't believe in accumulating a lot of goals. I mean, Grant Cardone gets up, he writes out his goals for the day. Uh, You know, he's got, he's got his few. I have maybe four or five that I maintain every day without question, maybe four good, solid, hard goals. So that's probably about all all that I will adopt um, for the rest of my life. But because I know that's, that's what I can handle consistently with no problem. So I don't believe in getting a whole bunch unless for some reason you can handle that kind of pressure. But you got to remember it, you feel shameful when you aren't able to and we don't want that we don't even like the word shame. So we really want to keep it simple to where you could actually do it every day. Mm, exactly. And being able to focus intensely on a couple things, do them very well, instead of trying to like spread yourself too thin and do all these different things and end up doing none of them at the level that you actually want to accomplish. I'd rather see 10 good pushups than 50 sloppy ones. So I, same thing with you. Don't, don't slop your way through 12 goals. Let's pick two or three and make them solid and, and make them count, make them good quality. Mm, absolutely. Christy, you're somebody who's very confident and very convicted in in the words that you say when I saw you speak at Funnel Hacking Live. Um, you definitely are, are, are very good at making people feel a certain way and, and, and take action. How, how have you developed that skill and how have you developed your, your conviction, your confidence, and your just ability to really influence people? I think a lot of it has come from um, my my own program, watching my own program. So when it comes to Code Red, watching my program work for, started off with hundreds of people. Now it's into the top thousands. Now it's into the 10,000 and hundred thousands of people that have come through my program over the years. So the more people come through my program and the more people that are healed, my confidence keeps going up and up and up and up. So hands down, without a doubt, just from the watching it happen, I know that I know that I know that I am the best at getting weight off people. I'll put myself up against everybody. So as far as Code Red goes, I've watched the program work so many thousands of times that I know it works. So that's my confidence comes from watching the program work over and over and over. As far as my own self, watching myself go through so much heartache and so much disappointment and pulling myself out of that over and over and over, that gives me the confidence every time that has ever happened. And Lord, I hope that does not happen. I hope I'm through the hardest part of my life. I mean, heaven forbid I go through something tragic again, I will be ready for it. But having gone through so much tragedy and so much crisis and getting through it unscathed, um, that has made my confidence go up. I mean, you talk about 15 professional fights 
and uh, and and just just the, the the broken noses and the black eyes and the and dislocated this and cracked ribs and that and da, 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 all those injuries and being able to continue to fight fight after fight after fight uh, having gone through domestic violence and getting up off the floor and leaving having gone through uh, just different relationship problems and different things where there were tragedies and crisis I've gotten through them and so I know heaven forbid another tragedy strikes me I'm gonna be all right because I've been through so many of them I've gotten through those I'll draw from that strength that I built before and I know that I'll be okay. I have a good faith system. I have good family. Um, so I, I have all the confidence in the world that, that if some sort of crisis or tragedy strikes me, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be able to rebuild. I'm going to be happy again. And that's because I've been through so much and I've, I've gotten myself through it. How are you able to draw so much strength from those hard times? Because I know a lot of people when they when they will experience hardships and, and, and stuff like that, it's 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 very easy to allow that to paralyze them. And and it seems like for you, you have a lot of this this internal strength that you've built up to be able to to push through things and to not let those things stop you in your tracks. So how how have you developed that over time? And yeah, talk talk a little bit about that. I think um, well, if it started in my childhood, if I was um, out by myself on my horse in the middle of nowhere, um, and if I, were, if I got hurt, I, I knew in my head that there was nobody out there to help me. So I needed, let's say I fell off my horse and I, I couldn't, I, maybe I hurt my arm and I couldn't pull myself back on that horse to get home. I knew there was nobody else there to help me. So there was no other choice but to get myself back on that horse. I mean, you couldn't scream loud enough. Nobody's coming for you, Christy, so get back on the horse. But a lot of my strength that I have right now standing before you and talking to all you guys right now is from my boxing career because I know that in one of the old Rocky movies, and I know he said this, that it doesn't matter how much you get hit. It's, it, it matters how much you get up or however Rocky said it, but then that's true. Um, you get beat up over and over and over and you continue to get up. You're, that's going to be, that's going to be the determining factor. That's going to build, that's going to build the strength. So I kept getting up over and over and over and over and over through boxing. You can't stay down. You have to get up and you just learn. There's just no other option. Mm, exactly. Christy, I have some questions that I like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for them? Yes. Awesome. Let's do it. The first thing I'm curious about is what are you excited about right now? This could be something in your business, in the wider realm of health and wellness, but like what's something that has you genuinely excited about right now? I'm excited that on Code Red, although Code Red is not um, a, a true ketogenic diet, the ketogenic diet is getting a lot of uh, press and a yeah. lot of people are finding hope and healing from the ketogenic diet. And that's what Code Red is a lot like. And so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about uh, Code Red developing a, uh, another program that's going to help people stay with us longer for a less price, for a more affordable price. And we're going to be offering financing. Uh, and I'm also excited about lots of travel this year to actually go all over the country and meet my rebels. Mm, that's super exciting. I'll have to keep up with that on your Instagram and see if you're coming anywhere near me anytime soon. Um, Christy, what habits do you have that, that have served you particularly well? These could be health-related, health uh, lifestyle-related, business-related, but like, what do you do on a routine basis that helps you level up? Definitely. Uh, again, you guys have heard me say this, but every day, no matter what, I stay on the scale to make sure that my weight is staying down. Every day, no matter what, I drink my water. And every day, no matter what, I exercise and I always, always, always fiercely protect my sleep. And then also I protect my thoughts. It sounds a little hippity dippity when I say this, but we all have crap that comes on our mind and it simply doesn't belong there. And if I start having thoughts that, that creep in, just like all of you guys do, I, and I can't seem to let it, I can't seem to get my mind up, I say out loud, stop it. You don't need to belong in my head. Like stop thinking this, this is ridiculous. And I purpose to think a different thought. So I'm very fiercely protect of, protective of my thoughts because thoughts become things and you have to watch those thoughts. That is huge. That is, that is something that's very essential because yeah, you can let all those bad thoughts like creep into your head and, and really self-sabotage there if you're not careful about what you are listening to and what you're letting get in there. Christy, I know you said you live a very like regimented schedule. Uh, is there any content that you're consuming right now, whether that be books, audiobooks, podcasts, YouTube channels, any, um, any content that you're currently uh, consuming? Yeah, I'm listening to a book on audio uh, by Dean, what was it? Successful Millionaire Habits. Habits oh, of Successful Millionaire. I got yes. that right over here. Millionaire Success that's, Habits. That's the one right there. Millionaire Success <laughs> Habits. I'm listening to that on audio, on audibles. I like to listen while I run. 
I like to multitask for sure. I don't think there's ever a time that an entrepreneur uh, needs, I think we need to multitask and we need to be consuming good content like that all the time. I'm on, I went through all of Grant Cardone's books and then now I'm working on this book. Mm, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I got a lot out of that book. And um, I'm totally with you on the audiobook side of things. Whenever I go to the gym, whenever I'm just walking to class, I'm always, I've always got my earbuds in listening to, to some or other that's uh, helped me get to that next level. Yes. Christy, we talked a little bit at the beginning about things you do that don't scale and how you would go out there and, and call up your um, customers that had had problems with or, or, or questions or concerns concerns about about the product. Um, one thing that I do that is that is not very scalable is every single day I'll send probably five to ten video DMs to just new followers. I'll just go through my new followers and like pick five to ten people. Say, hey, what's up? My name's Apple. Appreciate the follow. Uh, let me know if there's anything that I can do for you. Have a wonderful day. Just something simple like that. Um, but do you have any other sort of things you do in your business that have that personal like Christy touched them and that that can't be or, or that you don't mass produce? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, and that's and what you do is, I'm going to learn from that. That's a great idea. What I like to do to try to serve on a bigger scale, but, but try to get a little more personal is I do two things. I'll do ask me anything on Facebook mm. live to where I'll just go live and I'll just do a open forum Q and A. And it'll be rapid fire because it, it, it'll live leap to 15 different groups. So there's hundreds of people that are, that are typing in questions. And I'll just kind of look at the bottom of the screen and rapid fire answer questions. So many questions. And then the other thing I do is I'll do the ask, ask a question on Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. And that really helps people to engage uh, and to get their questions answered uh, on Instagram. Those are kind of the two things I'm working on right now that help me uh, as far as on a bigger level, but still trying to have that personal touch and get people people's questions answered. Exactly. So you've got a lot of people that are trying to get a hold of you and trying to get questions answered. So you got to find those ways to, to be able to hit a lot of them at once. Yes. All right, Christy, you've been dropping a ridiculous amount of value on our listeners. I am so thankful for you to be here today. Where can our listeners go if they want to find out more about you, more about Code Red and um, follow up with you at? You can go to coderedlifestyle.com if you want to learn about our programs or see what's going on, get my book, uh, audio book. We have all kinds of products out there to help serve you. We have counseling programs, whatever's going on. We also have a challenge coming up uh, in May at 10poundtakedown.com. A couple of different places where you can follow me. Um, and then Co Christy Code Red on all platforms that you can, you can jump on. And, and I'm pretty active on social media. So I'd love for you to, to follow me and I'll follow you. Awesome. And I'll provide links to all of those social channels and your website in the show notes for this episode. Christy, do you have any parting thoughts, any last words of wisdom for our listeners here on Young Smart Money today? Probably the last thing I want to tell you is you guys have got to, to stop being so afraid to say what you've got to say. Don't forget the world needs to hear what you've got to say. So just put it out there. It doesn't need to be perfect. Done is better than perfect. So put it out there, see what happens. It doesn't matter if nobody's listening. Eventually, you know, there's a saying on social media, just because they don't follow you doesn't mean they don't follow you. So people are watching, they're listening, and it's going to resonate with someone. So if you think you've got a message, put it out there. Don't be afraid. Just do it. Mm, I love it. Tell the world. Christy, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. Thank you. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.